Uh, my name's Chris. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. And uh, we know that today is a special day, right? This is, uh, for those of us who love sports, this is the Super Bowl, right? So why would we not talk about the Super Bowl at least for just a moment, right? We should definitely do that. How many of you in here are going for the Kansas City Chiefs? Let's get a woo. Okay, good. How many of you are going for the 49ers, the underdog story? Okay, good. And how many of you love Jesus and really want the Falcons to be there? Go ahead and raise your hand. Amen. Amen. This guy loves God too. Uh, yeah, God, I think God really loves all teams to be honest. So uh, I remember, funny story, uh, this was just a few years ago. The Falcons actually made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, you guys, many of you remember this. It was 28 to 3. Right, and it was going into the third quarter, and all of a sudden, this little infographic right on the bottom of the screen said the Falcons have a 99.9% chance of winning. At that moment, I knew we lost. <laughs> right? You don't put that on there. I blame it on them. I remember having to go to work the next day. It was the worst day of my life. So any of you guys in here uh, who are invested in football, we hope that your team wins today, and we're glad that you uh, came to church and that you're here with us uh, on Sunday. And we are excited because we're actually starting a new series today, and it's called You Are Here. And what we're going to be doing is is we're going to be looking at uh, Alpine's mission, which is to help people pursue God, and, and how to do that, and how to do that as a church, how to do that as individually, and so we're really, really excited about this series, and we're glad that you're here with us today as we kick it off. Now, have any of you thought, uh, what's the meaning of life? You know, like, there's times where I'm, like, driving in my car, and I'm at a stop sign, and, and I've had a crazy day, or, you know, my kids have been crazy all week, and, you know, my, my relationship with my wife is, is on edge because of the kids, and, and there's all of these things, and there's work, and there's life, and I'm sitting in the car, and I'm thinking, isn't there just more to life? <laughs> Isn't there something more? And, and don't get me wrong, my kids are great, and my relationship with my wife, I, I love her to death. But have you ever felt, is there just something more? Is there, is there something greater? What's the purpose? Why do things happen the way that they do? Why, why are things this way? You know, in a, a recent study, it was shown that 75% of people, that's one in four people, oftentimes think about their purpose and the meaning of life. And so it doesn't matter uh, who we are really or what background we're from or, or where we come from or anything like that. Many of us think, is there something more? What's the purpose? What's the meaning of life? And you know what's interesting in that study? Uh, do you know when asked, what is the purpose of life, how people responded? Let me give you a hint. It isn't that they, that, that they wish they had more money. It wasn't that they wished they, that they had more things. It wasn't fame and fortune. Researchers discovered that people, when asked about the true value and the true meaning of life, the number one answer across the board was that they had purpose and they were living for something greater than themselves. You know, we think about that in our culture, don't we, which is a very selfish culture. It's a very me-focused culture. But there's this longing inside of us to live for and to be a part of something greater than us. And I believe uh, you're here in the right place, if that's you too, as we dig into God's word and as we look about the purpose of life. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I ask that you would open up our hearts today to receive what it is, God, that you have for us. May you challenge us wherever we're at on our journey in life to draw nearer to you. 
God, that you put us here so that we could be in relationship with you. And then uh, out of the overflow of that, God, would you impact our lives? Would you change who we are? Would you change the way that we are? And God, most importantly, would the impact of that, the overflow of that, impact those in our lives? We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, I believe that Jesus knew that we all wanted purpose in life. In fact, in John 10, he says, I come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, the greatest thing that we can do in our lives is to have a relationship with Jesus. We can have a full, meaningful life. And you see, the number one purpose that Jesus did, he came to this earth so that we could be in relationship with him. So we see immediately that relationships are important. And so for those of you who have been a part of our church, you hear this often. Our mission statement is to help people pursue God. Alpine Church's number one desire, our number one passion, our number one vision is to help people pursue God. So what does that even mean? What, what does that look like? What, what does it mean to have a pursuit of God? Well, uh, you may have seen our graphic, this graphic that we have pretty much in everything that we do. We believe that this is uh, called going full circle. So it's this idea that we go full circle in our lives, and that is a way that we can help people pursue God, first individually, but then those around us. And so today and in the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at some of these things. We're going to be looking at how we can allow this to impact our lives in such a way that it, it, it infiltrates our families and in our workplaces and our relationships and everything. And in our pursuit of God, that we in tune would help others pursue him as well. You know, I think before we jump into the, the, the process or the pursuit or understanding this, I think it's very important for us individually to know that if you make a decision to pursue God, you will find him. If you make a decision to pursue God, you will find him. It was about uh, maybe two or three months ago, uh, my son Carden, he's our middle son, he's uh, 11 years old, 10? 11 years old, life goes crazy, right? So... Somewhere in that 10-year-old range, and uh, we have this neighbor kid, he lives right across the street, and he's a little bit younger, he's about eight, and they are just like really mischievous. You know, nowadays kids want to play video games, and they have their technology and all that stuff. Well, these two kids are America's last hope for kids who like to play outside, right? And so uh, they're always out doing all kinds of crazy things, and there was this one time after school, they, uh, Jacob came over, and they were hanging out, and, and Card and my son said, Dad, we're just going to go explore for a little bit. And so we said, yeah, awesome, we have this area where we live in South Ogden, where behind us, it, it kind of goes down a hill to where Interstate 84 is, and we said, just make sure that you come back in an hour or so. Well, two hours goes by, and, and my wife says, have you seen Cardin? And I said, well, no, have you seen Cardin? And she says, no. And so all of a sudden, what happens? Panic! Right? Two hours turns into three. Uh, as soon as my wife said that, she was uh, at the gym. She took my kids. There's a little walking trail. They all scoured there. Couldn't find Carden and Jacob. Uh, I went over to the neighbor's house and said, listen, we've got to find these guys. And so I V-lined back into this. It's like a, a, a cow area. And so I'm running through. I'm running down. I'm in cow pies covered to my knees. Like, it, it was crazy. So three hours turns into four. Four hours turns into five, and now we have the Weber County Sheriff with us. Uh, it was all of a sudden the, the fear, 
right? Where are they? What's happened? You know, looking down above the ridge and seeing the, the, the little river right there that runs through. Like, did they get across into the river? And, and can you see how fast it is? And we're screaming, and now everyone's looking. And I remember thinking to myself, I cannot believe that we've lost our kid. Now, have you ever felt this way? Maybe it's just for a, a moment where you're at a park and all of a sudden your kids are gone and all of a sudden this, this pandemonium or this fear comes across you and there's this sense of urgency that you will do everything in your power to find your child, right? And why is it that, that when, when this happens, we are so quick to jump and we are so quick to, to find them? It's because we love them and we care about them with all of our hearts. And you know, that is, that's why God goes to extraordinary lengths to find us as well. You know, Jesus said that I am here to, to, to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. And you see, Jesus is on a rescue mission to find God's children. You see, when we, we come into this world and we live in this world that's full of sin and all these things, and that sin, it separates us from God. And so God said, listen, I love my children so much that I'm going to do everything in my power. I'm going to actually step down from the glory of heaven, and I'm going to come in the form of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, and I'm going to seek and to find my kids. And you know, why does he do that? Well, it's because he loves us. He has good plans for us. You know, he wants us to experience a meaningful and valuable life. You know, maybe at some point in your life you, you felt distant from God. Or maybe God's felt distant from you. Or maybe you felt like he's far away. Or maybe you didn't even want to pursue him. And, and that could be for many, many different reasons. It could be, you know, growing up in a faith that you never measured up. Maybe it could be a, a sin that you're involved in, an addiction, something's happened. Maybe it's a bad relationship, right? All of these things, they're life circumstances. And you just feel like, man, where is God? You know, where is he in the midst of all of this? I believe that God is right there. I mean, the Bible says that he is everywhere. He is. God is. And you know what? He's ready for us to find him. And so wherever we felt in our journey, God is saying, listen, I am here. Would you continue to pursue me? In fact, in, in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And in those days when you pray, I will listen. This is God. This is the creator of heaven and of earth. He says, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And I think there's something interesting there, that, that part that says wholeheartedly. Right? There are so many things that we have in our lives that, that, that you know, take attention away from God. You know, our priorities, and, and, and oftentimes they're not bad things, but these priorities, it just moves God a little bit further and further down the list. It's, it's my kids, it's my family, it's my job, it's all of these things, and they're all important things. But is God the number one priority? Is it God and then everything else? You see, God says, if you give me your whole heart, if you seek me, you will find me. You see, God doesn't, he doesn't want to play hide and seek with us. In fact, if God wanted to play hide-and-seek for us, he'd do a, a pretty good job of hiding him. He's God, right? In, in Acts, it says, Acts 17, 27, it says, His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. See, God's purpose isn't to hide from us. It's not to, to be far from us. He wants to be present with us. 
He has plans for our life. He put us on the earth for a reason. You know, we weren't an accident. We weren't a mistake, regardless of what you've been told. God has a plan for us, and he wants to know us personally. I mean, he loves us. I mean, just think about this for a minute. God, the God, the one and only God, the most powerful, almighty, all-holy God wants to be in a personal relationship with you and with me. The Bible says that if we seek him with our whole hearts, we'll find him. And when we find him, he will transform our lives from the inside out. And so this transformation allows us to then go full circle. This, this allows us to then be in relationship with him and have it impact our entire lives. So going full circle in our pursuit of God involves three stages. And the first is this, is that we start a relationship with God by trusting Jesus, I think that we could all agree that in our life, relationships are important, right? I was thinking about this the other day. Like, what if, uh, what if I didn't have any kind of relationship with anybody? That would be a pretty lonely life, wouldn't it? I mean, sometimes you're like, well, you don't know the chaos that happens at my home. I, I agree, uh, but I have the own chaos at my home. And there are times when I want to be alone, too. But I also like those relationships, what they mean to me, how, how I value them, what it does to me, the feelings that I have, you, you know, all of the things that are re- reciprocated, the love, those kinds of things. And so, you know, how much more should we be in relationship with God? You see, the Bible says that when God created man, he created him in his image. And so God is a relational God. God is a God who is about relationships, and he wants to be in relationship with us. But you see, unfortunately, we have this, this problem. And this problem is called sin. We have a holy God who is sinless, he's blameless, it's not in him, he doesn't have the ability, God is perfect. And so then we have us people who from the very beginning of time, we decided to do our things our own way. So God, God came to this world and he created uh, all of these things and, and man and woman, he said, listen, you can do anything that you want, but there's just one thing that you can't do. You just can't do this one thing, you cannot eat from that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what did we do? It's the one thing, right? What? You don't want me to do that? Well, that sounds good. And then you have this guy uh, called Satan. He comes in as a, a serpent, and he's like, yeah, your ideas and what you want, you're, you're right. You should try that, because don't you want to know everything? Don't you want to be like God? And you see, at the very beginning, we went our own way. And so that's sin defined. Sin defined is that God has this standard for us, and it's that we choose to go our own way. And when we go our own way, there's a chasm. Sin causes a chasm in our relationship with him. God is holy and sinless, and sin separates us from God. You know, I I think of it this way. Think of sin as like a a terminal disease that we're all born with. Every single one of us, we have this disease. It's it's terminal. And the sad thing is, is there's absolutely no human cure. So every single one of us have this disease. We can't heal ourselves. No one can help us. And so that means we're all in this desperate situation situation. And you see, many of us, we're, we're pretty strong-willed people, and so we'll do everything in our power to think that we're doing things to get healthy, right? We, we do good things, or we're, we're moral, or we're religious, or we go to church, or we check off the boxes, and, and we try to do all of these things. Some of us say, well, you know what? I'm sick, so I'm just going to do whatever I can do to live it up while I'm here, right? And there's all of these different ways that we do things. But the problem is, is that sin doesn't just separate us from God here right now in this life, but it will also separate us from God for eternity. Completely separate us from God for eternity. So, so that sounds like a, a fun 
thing to learn in church, right? We're all doomed, right? Well, let's pray. You're doomed, right? No, that's, that's not the message of God. You know, God loved us so much, he did everything in his power to do it. You know, God sent Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the only one that could do what we couldn't do. And so God took on flesh. He came into this world with the power and the majesty of God. All being God completely comes here, lives a life that we couldn't live. No one else could do that. You know, he was led to the cross and he died a death that you and I deserved. But then he didn't die. He didn't just die. He, he rose to life. He showed that he was God and that he was powerful and that because of that, we will one day be able to be in relationship with him forever. You know, I, I love this. There's parts in the scripture that call Jesus the great physician. And I think of this terminal disease that we have and Jesus comes to, to make it right. He comes to, to heal us. He has the power. It says we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who we are. Our sin problem is healed when we accept Jesus to be the one to heal us. When Jesus demonstrated his sacrificial, selfless act of love by going to the cross, when he wore the, the, the weight of all of our sin, when he was mocked and beaten and tortured, he did that with you and me in mind. I mean, that is, that is so powerful when you begin to think of that, when, when you realize that God is a relational God and he would go to such lengths in order to be in relationship with you and with me. And the great news is Jesus, the antidote, works. It heals us. It heals our disease. And so my question is, for you today, where are you on the journey? I mean, have you started by trusting in Jesus the Bible says that, uh, again, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. The wages of that sin, the payment is death, Romans 6.23. A little bit further down in Romans 10, it says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. That's it. That's a free gift that God gives us. And all we have to do is believe that he is God, that he did what he did for us. And that's where it all starts. It starts by trusting Jesus. And so here's the great news. When that happens, we can move on in our lives to the next step. And this, this step, this, the next thing is, is uh, you know, as Christians, we live to honor God. You know, oftentimes what happens is people think, okay, so there's really two things I can do with this. Number one, I can accept Jesus, and then uh, he forgives all of my sin, and then from that moment on, I have to live perfectly now. He forgives me once, and then I have to go and continue to do it. Well, that's actually not at all what grace is about. We learned about this the last couple weeks. What it is, is it's saying that Jesus did it once and for all. And so when we experience sin or when we're living in these things, we can ask for forgiveness because he knows that we'll never be perfect until one day we make it to heaven. And then you, then you might say, well, that sounds really, really easy. So then what you say is accept Jesus and then go live however I want. That sounds like a party, right? Well, that's not at all what it is. It's not God's plans for us. Really what, what God wants to do is he wants to, to bring us back to the state when we were first created in him. Perfect. Adam and Eve were created perfect. They stained it with sin. And what God is doing is he wants us to come back to him and to work into being more like Jesus. So that one day when we stand before God, he can say, you have accepted me and now I'm going to make you perfect. Ephesians 4, 21-34 says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, 
Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. You see, the Bible says that when we start a relationship with God, when we trust in Jesus, the very presence of God enters into our lives. I mean, this is extremely powerful. So now God, who's all holy, who's almighty, he then takes residence in our hearts. He takes residence in our lives. And so the, the same God who created heaven and of earth, the same God who sent his son, the same God, Jesus, who defeated death, he lives inside of you and me. And so the, 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 the fruit of that, what happens is, is the old nature it begins to, to go away. And, and what happens is, is we begin to feel convicted because that's the role of the Holy Spirit. And we begin to think, like, all of these things that I have in my life, I need to change. And so I throw off the old sinful nature, and I allow God to replace it, a new nature, a holy nature. The Bible says that we are a new creation, made brand new. You see, the Bible says that when we do that, we have God's presence in us. In Galatians chapter 5, it, it talks about this, the old nature, uh, you know, some of these things that it says in Ephesians, you know, lust and anger and all of these things. So, so let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let the Holy Spirit change you and lead you and empower you to be more like Jesus. And when, when, when he does that, you begin to, to lose the old ways of thinking, the, the old desires, the old temptations, and then those things are replaced with fruits of the Spirit, which are joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, and I probably missed one, so don't point fingers, okay? But that's what it's about. You see, God changes us and then empowers us to be more like him. And that, that, is, that is amazing that God would do that. You know, so honoring God involves so many different things. It's finding out what pleases him and doing it. You know, how do you learn more about God? Well, God gives us his word. It's called the Holy Bible. It's literally God-breathed. So it's God's direction, his ideas, his thoughts for us. Teenager, it's God's cliff notes. Does anybody love a cliff note in here, right? Like he gives us the way to live in life. We pray. I mean, who ever thought about that? It's, we start to have a relationship. You mean to tell me I can talk to God? Well, yes, you can because Jesus did what he did to separate or to, to fix the chasm that separated us. And so now we can go with our thoughts and our prayers and our desires and, and we can communicate and we can be in relationship with God. You know, it means following Jesus in baptism. It's, it's loving God and loving others. It's serving. It's getting in the game. Not just being consumers. If you've experienced Jesus, he wants us to serve other people. God says to love me with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And then he says love others. And he doesn't just say love others. He says love others as yourself. And do you know why that is? Because we love ourselves, don't we? I love me some me, don't we? Right? <laughs> and so what he's saying is the way that you love you, you take care of yourself, you feed yourself, you, you do all of these things, you, you protect yourself. I want you to do that with other people. I want you to love people as you love yourself. Become generous. Be givers. You know, the second part of the journey, I think, is, is living and learning how to honor God. Now, does that mean we'll be perfect? Absolutely not. And God doesn't expect perfection. That's why he gives us his grace. But he does desire for us to want to live in a way that honors him and points people to him. And so that, that might mean that we need to do some things in our life where we say, God, I've been holding on to this 
in my life. Maybe I've been holding on to this in our marriage. Maybe I've been holding on to this in our relationship. God, I need to, to put you back to the number one priority. God, I need to give you things that I'm holding on to, things that, I, that are, aren't necessarily bad that I'm holding on to with everything that I have to say, God, I'm submitting everything to you, my, my time, my treasure, my talent, my finances, all of these things, God. I submit them to you. And when you begin to do that, you see, we can, the outpouring of that is the fruits of the Spirit. It's the honoring of God. And then from there, we move into the, the latter part of our journey. And that's helping other people. We mature as disciples by helping other people pursue God. You know, many people think that when we've experienced God and he's beginning to do things in my life, it's a personal relationship. And so this is about me and God, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protect that. I'm going to do everything I can to make this about me. I'm talking to God. This is me and God. This is awesome, and, and he's changing my life. But you see, God says he doesn't want it to stop there. He wants you to point other people to him. You see, the reason why we were created was to honor and glorify God, but also to point other people to him so that he would be glorified, so that he would get the fame, that he would get the honor. You know, have you ever thought about the greatest thing that you could ever accomplish in your life? You know, maybe it's running a marathon. For any of you crazy people in here who like to run for fun, maybe it's that. You know, maybe it's, it's climbing Mount Everest, or, or maybe it's making a billion dollars and giving half of it away, right? Because we're not going to give more than half away. Let's not get crazy here, right? If we make a billion, we want half of that. I, I get it. You know, maybe it's that you've developed a vaccine to cure a major disease. All of these things are, are so good. But what if I told you that the greatest thing that you could ever learn to do was to fish? <laughs> now, I, I lost a lot of you here early on, but I know when I say fish and hunt, I'm, fr I'm from Roy, okay? I know we like to fish and hunt down here. <laughs> so the guys just perked up. You're like, what? Fish? What? Hunt? Where? When? Right? All, all, you know, all the wives are like, oh boy, here we go. He's going to let my, my husband go and just fish and hunt all day long. I'm not saying that either. Hear me out here just a moment. Listen to what Jesus has to say. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets and they followed him. You see, Jesus came onto the scene and you would have thought that maybe he would have gone to the, the rabbis. Maybe he would have went to the young up and coming leaders who were religious and who were, you know, purposeful. But Jesus came to the most unlikely people, which has hope for, for you and me. And he said to them, listen, I'm going to meet you where you're at. You're fishermen, I'm going to teach you how to be much more than fishermen. I'm going to make you fishers of people. I'm going to use you to reach people. I'm going to use you to draw people in. And you might be like, hey, I'm good with trusting Jesus, and I'm good with living to honor God, and like all of these things. These are all really good things that I think I can get on, but you want me to now tell people about Jesus? Like that's where it gets a little weird, right? I'm afraid. I, I don't have all the answers. You know, I'm, I don't want to get into a position where people look at me and they think that I'm being judgmental or, you know, condemning or I'm just afraid of how it's all going to go. I'm good doing the me and Jesus thing. That stuff's really cool. But then when you ask me to start doing that and, and reaching out to people and then you tell me I got to fish for them, that's just kind of weird. Like all of these things. But here's the thing. The greatest thing that you could ever do is to point someone to, 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 to the living God. If you've experienced Jesus in this room, if you've been forgiven, if you've been changed, if God is working in you and through you, the greatest thing that you could do is to give that to someone else. Because when you were lost, he found you. And listen, there are people in your life, kids, family members, co-workers, friends, you name it, they were lost. They are lost. 
And God wants to find them, and he wants to use you to be the catalyst to that. So how, how do we do it? Well, I think the Apostle Paul understood this uh, in Thessalonians. He said, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, not only we tell you about the goodness of God and, and, and the gospel and forgiveness of your sins and all of these things, but we shared with you our own lives too. It's about relationship. It's about relationship with people. You see, discipleship making is relationship with Jesus. <laughs> discipleship is relationship, and discipleship is about Jesus. And so literally what it means is just bringing along someone with you on the journey. And that doesn't mean that you have to, to go be crazy and, and, and do things that, that are weird and push people away. It just means that you can live in a way that is different. I tell this to my son all the time. Ashton, you're a teenager going into junior high. People are watching you. Will you be a salt? Will you be salt to the earth? Will you be light in the darkness? Will you dare to be different? Because if one student, I was a youth pastor for many years, if one student can change their attitude and, and understanding and not try to fit in or go with the norm, but you could say, listen, God's done something in my life, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand up for what's right. doesn't mean I have to be weird, but I'm going to let people know that I'm different. You could change the world. You could be a world changer. It starts in your schools. And you know what doesn't end there? It goes into your workplaces and all of these things. All we have to do is live in a way that points people to Jesus. It's inviting someone to church. It's inviting someone to small group. It's taking the opportunity to listen to the Holy Spirit when he says, hey, I want you to, to do something nice for that person, or I want you to, to share with that person. And you begin to say, well, I'm afraid. I'm all of these things. But God says, listen, the same power that raised Jesus from death, brought him to life, is the same power that lives in you. And so you have the ability to utilize the power of the Spirit. Now, that still might be scary to some of you. Evangelism and telling people about Jesus is scary. But, but here's the thing. At Alpine, you have people on this team and on staff that the number one desire for them is to help you help other people pursue God. I've been a part of this staff for some 15 years in many different shapes and, and forms and all kinds of you know, positions. And I'm telling you, it's never changed. We've always wanted to equip and empower the saints, uh, the people in the church to do the work of the ministry. And how do you do that? You do that by loving people. And then we say, okay, on top of that, on top of your relationships, we give you these tools. And it's at uh, what we call PursueGod.org. And so I just wanted, uh, we've got a, a video that we want to share with you just so you have an understanding of some of the things that we have available for you. Check it out. Hey Alpine Church, it's Pastor Brian and in this quick video I want to give you a tour of our brand new partner page at PursueGod.org. That's what you're looking at right now and you can find it at this URL. In fact, I encourage you to type it into your phone right now. Go ahead. You can pull your phones out while you're in church. But only if you're pulling up this link and adding it as a favorite on your home screen. Now you'll notice when you go there that you can open up this tab and figure out how to use PursueGod.org. And for those of you who want to request a mentor at Alpine Church, you can fill out this mentor request form and that information will go straight to one of the pastors or leaders at your church and will get you connected. In our featured topics module, you'll find all kinds of conversations you can have with your small group or your mentor or your family. And you can sort them by faith, by family, by life, and by sermon link. And every single week when you show up to church, that first one that you find there is going to be the sermon that we're preaching that week. So when you get your coffee and find a place to sit, you can click on that newest link at the top 
and get ready to hear a great sermon. You'll also find a link to our sermon podcast where we post our sermons every week from all of our campuses. And you'll find a link to PursueGodKids.org. That's where you can find the topic that your kids talked about in Kids Church that week. And finally, you can find a link to FlexTalk.org as well if you want to use this in the workplace or at school. As you scroll a little bit further, you'll see that we have The Pursuit. This is our 12-week discipleship track. If you haven't taken it yet, I encourage you to go through this one with a mentor or a small group. And finally, at the very bottom of the page, we have video playlists. These are the videos that we share at our campuses from week to week, videos like the one you're watching right now. And if you wanna see past videos, just click on the icon in the upper right corner. That's where you can find past spotlight videos so that you can watch them again or share them with a friend. So that is our brand new partner page, pursuegod.org forward slash AC. Use it every single week to talk about anything that matters to you, from the sermon you just heard to topics on faith and life and everything in between. So I'm just going to be completely transparent with you. and I wasn't going to share anything like this, but I was just thinking about that when I was watching that video. Um, we have young family, and it's not easy, believe it or not, for a pastor to disciple their kids. <laughs> It's hard. You know, there's this, this pedestal and this, this light and, you know, you're serving people in the church and you come home and you expect, there's these expectations. And, and if I were to be honest with you and, and to tell you that I've did a, done a good job of that, I'd be lying to you. But by God's grace and his understanding and his forgiveness and his love and his, my wife's support and my kids being young still, maybe a little naive, <laughs> they're getting a little bit older, uh, he has allowed us to reinvigorate that process in our life. Fifteen years I've been... We've been married for 16 years, and it's been difficult leading my wife, leading my kids. It's just hard. It's hard to do. What do I say? How do I do it? Well, you know, what's the right way? Is there a right way? Are you being a hypocrite? Are you living what you're doing? Like, all of these things. And, and trust me, I think those are all tools of the enemy. But we have, it, it, throughout the years, we've had the opportunity to, to say, okay, there is ways to do this. And there's not necessarily one right way. But all we have to do is get on to the Pursue God site that our church is creating and to watch a video and to talk about that with our kids. It's that easy. It's that, it's literally that easy. You play a little four or five minute video and you have this conversation that is spurred on and there's questions at the bottom. Even those of us who, who hate to even communicate, all we have to do is ask questions. And we're like, I was so afraid. What's going to happen? Like, is this really going to work? And then we began to do it, and we, we began to see our kids engaged. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> the, 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 the son, the teenage son of ours, who, you know, all he does is communicate via text. You know, he's, he's having a conversation with us now. And then you begin to think, like, this, this is transforming. This is amazing. Like, and then you say, hey, this is valuable. And then you begin to do it, and you see the fruit of, of what's happening. Listen, there's always been the lie that says you can't start. You haven't done it for 16 years. You can't start. <laughs> or you know what? You've started and it's, it's dropped down. That's all lies of the enemy. Wherever you're at in your journey, in your pursuit of God, you can help other people pursue him. And you know what? I want to challenge you. If you're a follower of Jesus in this room, it starts, I think, uh, at home. I think it starts with your family, and I've been convicted enough over the years, and I'm not perfect, and I'm sure I'm going to make a lot more mistakes than I've already even made. But may God's grace 
you know, be displayed in, in all of those things. And so wherever you're at, the enemy's telling you don't start, that's a lie. Please start. And this is a perfect opportunity to do that. Maybe you're in a relationship at work where you need to, to, to make the next step and to say, listen, I, I want to I start a conversation, and, and maybe I don't necessarily want it to be overly religious. We have tools on the site at Flex Talk that are conversations that are built around other things besides faith and religion, but it's an opportunity for you to start having conversations with people. And may God use you in all of those things and the tools that we have to, to not only start a, a stronger, deeper relationship with him, but to help other people come alongside of you. You know, if, if you're here today, and this is specifically for Christians, it's time for you to start. It's time for you to start. Start by trusting in Jesus, let the impact your life, live to learn to honor God, and then allow other people to see that. Bring other people with you at home, at work, whatever it might be. If you're here in this room and you've never started a relationship with God, you're thinking, you're seeking, you're investigating, you're in the right place. You have the opportunity to have a relationship with the living God. Your sins, all of your, 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 your sins and all of the things that, that are affecting you negatively, those can all be laid at the foot of, feet of Jesus. You can be forgiven and you can start a brand new life. Would you please not leave here without talking to a pastor or a leader or the person who brand you so that you can have not only your life now changed, but your eternity changed as well. Let's pray together. God, I, I thank you. I thank you that we can be used by you. God, I thank you that you forgive us. I thank you, God, that you love us and that you do so much to pursue us, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you sent the most precious thing to your son to come to this earth to do what we couldn't do and to die what we, a death that we deserved, all for the sole purpose of us being in relationship with you. God, may we never forget that power that comes in that, Lord Jesus. Help us to be a people that want uh, to grow in you and to lead other people to you. God, put that desire in us. Thank you for using us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.